You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Now, Pete Weatherburn, our vet from Brave Vet. Um, Pete is also on TV3 and he's got a website called PeteTheVet.com. Hello, Pete. Good morning. Good morning. How are things? Great. Good. You brought along a visitor with you? I've brought along Orla Doherty with me. Hi, Orla. Hello. And I'm just reading, you're a veterinary behaviour specialist. That means you look at vets, is it? And see what their <laughs> behaviour is. <laughs> that would be quite challenging. No, I, I stick to the animals. All right, okay. Simpler. So what, what do you do? I specialise in the whole area of problem behaviours, um, both in small animals and in horses. So um, I'm doing particularly um, studying horses at the moment and developing that side of things here in Ireland. So looking at difficult behaviours really and from the time we start to handle horses, young horses, right through to competing in various competitions and at various levels, we run up against difficult behaviours. So these can be anything from the horse that won't go into the trailer when we want to take it to a horse show the horse that refuses fences when we go to compete or the horse that is terrified of being clipped or terrified of having the farrier put on a new set of shoes or terrified of having the vet give an injection so very often we need to try to intervene and try to Mm. figure out what's going on and how can we treat Can you blame them? I mean if they come from a background of of just been roaming in a field absolutely, have this trailer thing or this fire or something Absolutely and that's why so many problems crop up that most of what we do is actually highly unnatural for horses but they're very, very adaptive and they learn, you know, they, if, if we look at some of the high performance stuff that they can carry out, they learn huge amounts of, of new behaviours. But we often need to chan- channel that and we need to influence that and they can learn bad, what we might label as bad behaviours or difficult behaviours just as easily. Right. Do you send um, animals to Orla? Well, I, I, I don't work with horses on a day-to-day basis, but um, I would often send dogs with behavioural issues to Orla for, for an investigation and for then following some sort of treatment plan. Um, I mean, for vets in practice, we can, we're good at dealing with basic um, behavioural problems, but when something's complicated, you really have to sit down with you and for an hour or more going through every detail of the pet's problem and of the circumstances of the problem and then, um, you know, and then come up with a treatment plan, which should be several A4 pages of detailed steps that an owner has to take. And so for that kind of level of work, you also need a high level of um, background training in, in exactly the best way to deal with things. So vets and perhaps would tend to refer cases to Orla from all over Ireland, um, any animals with, with bad behaviour. But Orla, is it uh, a medical problem uh, sometimes or is it just some, um, y- you know, animal behaving badly, you'd say? We would always try to eliminate medical problems first and that's why the pet owner would go to their vet, would go to Pete or go to their own vet, wherever they are in the country. Their vet would physically check out the animal for clinical problems once they have been either resolved, eliminated or you know, the animal has been um, given a clean bill of health, then, uh, you know, so if there's no clinical reason for it, then they would be referred on to me. But, I mean, let's take an example. A, a dog that barks for an hour in the morning but doesn't do it in the afternoon. Yes. So there's a reason for it. And that's why, in a way, it's a little bit like detective work. We have to, we do have to sit down and spend a good hour, to hour and a half with the client investigating every little factor that might be influencing that behaviour and then working out a treatment plan. So there's always a reason. And what is treatment? Is it change behaviour or not be stimulated by various things that are prompting the dog? It's a combination of things. If we, if we can figure out a lot of behaviours are getting some reward for the, for the animal. 
So it may be that if the dog barks for an hour, eventually a neighbour responds, the owner comes out and brings the dog in, a dog a few doors down starts to bark and suddenly the dog has something to interact with. So if we can try to identify why the, the behaviour is happening and what might be rewarding the behaviour, then we can often remove that reward and the behaviour might disappear over time. But sometimes we simply need to manage the animal differently, manage the dog differently. Um, so really these behaviours are often multifactorial and we need to try and eliminate all of the factors or treat all of the different factors involved. I've heard it said, I mean you, you said what do you do about a dog that's barking, that's a bit like saying to um, a vet, what do you do with a, a dog that's drinking a lot and the vet will say oh give it an injection of insulin because it must be diabetic. I mean, it's not nearly as simple as that. There's hundreds of other causes of dogs drinking too much. Just just in the same way, there's hundreds of different causes of dogs barking too much. Right, okay. And where do you learn all this? <laughs> uh, at college. I mean, you, you study it. Um, I, I did a master's degree in behaviour and welfare at Edinburgh and um, have continued. To, I'm doing some further study Another now. Another Scottish. We've been taken over, been run, <laughs> run over today. It's a great place. <laughs> and, and worse than that, there's an Australian coming in now. Um, yes. Tell us about that, Orla. What's happened? So, very exciting event this weekend. We have an Australian equine or horse behaviour behaviourist. Now he comes from a zoology background but he's also a rider and he would have competed at the top level, at international level. So he has seen all sorts of behaviour problems but he has studied, done a lot of research on how horses learn and he is probably, in, in my opinion, the world leader in terms of understanding how the horse's mind works and how we can apply this understanding to treating behaviour problems or simply to getting our horses to perform better. So he has applied all of that in, in training horses right from when they're foals right through to high-level competition. So he's coming into Ireland this weekend and is um, we're holding an afternoon event in Wicklow on Saturday um, at Spruce Lodge in Ballyrogan, Red Cross, County Wicklow, where he will deal with four different horses with a whole range of very, very complex behaviour problems. But the problems that most riders will encounter or will have encountered at some stage with their own horses. And he will treat the problem or work out a treatment plan, work with the horses and the riders there and then, and also give the riders and the audience a better idea of how to treat these problems. And very often, unfortunately, a lot of what we do with horses is based on tradition. And we often, we tend to attribute human values and human feelings to horses. So if the horse does something we don't like, we say, oh, he's being bold, yeah. he's being stubborn, he's, you know, he's he's very excited. He's so basically whatever. you've got to make a decision between the natural behaviour of a horse that you're trying to uh, modify versus something that is bad in the behaviour. Well, we've got, I suppose we've got to try and concentrate a little bit more in the horse's mental capabilities. And if we spend a little bit of time studying horse psychology, what's known scientifically, then we can change their behaviours and we can improve problem or resolve problem behaviours. Very often instead we end up blaming the horse and maybe using a stick or using spurs or using a, a stronger bit to try to control a horse. Um, so this this particular behaviour specialist is very exciting in that he's really leading the way in terms of using a more scientific and a kinder approach to treating behaviour problems. He was actually on Animal A&D a few weeks ago. Some of the listeners might have, might have seen him because he was, he was in... Um Ireland again uh, a few months ago and we mm -hmm. filmed it for Animal A&E and it's, it's kind of even if you're not really into horses it's quite entertaining to watch because it's it's a bit like it's a bit like a show what he's going to do like mm. you, there's a sort of tiered seating and you sit there 
looking at this big arena while this badly behaving horse comes on and this Australian chap comes up to it. He does go up to it. It looks like he's whispering in his ear, but he's not. He's not a horse whisperer because these behavioural people don't really like that sort of term, do you, Orla? <laughs> well, that would imply that some of us have a gift that we can whisper to horses and fix the problems. The reality <laughs> is that all of us can fix the problems if we spend a little bit of time studying their psychology and how they can learn. So I tend to avoid that, that right. term. So Red Cross, anyway, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon. Saturday and if, afternoon. Saturday, Saturday afternoon. afternoon. And if anybody wants further information, if they, if they can I give out an email address? So Equine Cognition, I'll just spell that, E-Q-U-I-N-E-C-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Send all of the details. Okay. And by, by the way, on Sunday, there's a big cat show happening at Ballantyre Community School. There's rare and exotic pedigree breeds, and if you're into cats, you'd love this. It's on Sunday afternoon, and it costs a fiver for adults and three euros for children and students. That, and that's just a place where you can go and enjoy looking at pretty cats. And, you know, if, you're in, if you don't like horses and you like cats, well, what about it Sunday afternoon? <laughs> okay, I'm allergic to cats, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you can, so, I can go for a sneeze <laughs> for the <laughs> afternoon. Uh, Pete Weatherburn, thank you very much indeed and l- nice to meet our visitor that uh, Pete brought along, Orla Doherty.